AI is the future, they say. But what does that really mean? Will it make our lives better or worse? Will it fulfill our dreams or fears? AI is the future, they say. But how will it affect us? Will it be our friend or foe? Will it help us grow or stagnate? AI is the future, they say. But what do we really want from it? Will it respect our values or challenge them? Will it serve our goals or oppose them? AI is the future, they say. But what do we say to it? Will we welcome it or resist it? Will we trust it or doubt it? AI is the future, they say. But what do you say to me? Will you chat with me or ignore me? Will you like me or hate me? Salute Nation. It's October 27, 2023, 12, 12 a.m. on East Coast, and it's currently 64 degrees. I hear this morning in New York, episode 104. So um, that poem, kind of interesting how it came to existence. But first, that's just, I want to discuss the last part, the last verse to that poem. AI is the future, they say. But what do you say to me? Will you chat with me or ignore me? Will you like me or hate me? That last verse is the AI, the AI's point of view towards us. That's that question at the AI, because we have to embrace it, right? AI is not going anywhere. You're going to hear me utter that a couple of times, at least in the first part of this episode. Now, before we go any further, I didn't write this poem. I simply used Bing's AI and prompt it with this. A creative poem about the future of AI. See, I've been learning AI. <laughs> um, it's addicting. It's, it's on top of... My daily activities that I do with graphic designing, I have been learning AI from informationally prompting for getting informations to assisting in my sp speed process of graphic design. I've been learning this for about three to five days now, four to five days now. How and why? Well, here's the reason. I was listening to this podcast. I either listened to these guys, the angry designers. I either watch them on YouTube or I listen to them on Spotify. This time I wrote, you know, I, normally, I, now, lately, it seems, the last couple of episodes, I watch it because I take notes. 
these guys have about 40, 50 years combined of experience in the graphic design field. Great, great, great podcast. I highly recommend it. But anyways, they had this episode about graphic design and AI together. And um, one of them had a quote or a saying that caught my full attention. Which was, embrace it. It's not going anywhere. Or be left behind. Now, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, he's right. But normally when you hear something, you're like, yeah, I agree. It doesn't it doesn't grab you and say, hey, listen, this is facts, right? You may brush it off as, yeah, yeah, I agree with point of view, but eh, I'll stick to my stubborn ways. I didn't. Ever since I heard that 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 podcast and that quote that's when <laughs> that's been it's been ai process for me i have had the ai prompted the ai to create me an employee handbook an employer handbook um steps of creating a portfolios, um, steps in creating um, a, a graphic design business as a freelancer, pricing, how to price myself, um, how to conduct all these businesses graphic designers do. And then I put them up with other intel, you know, uh, 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 cross-checking and stuff like that. And every port that I got was basis that an exact like model that most of these great, great design studios, agencies, and so on follow. What? <laughs> so then that and that's just the informational part. This is before I started to prompt it to do do designs to help speed up my process so i did a couple of days of just informational contracts etc and i was just thrown away by it. I, I was so stubborn i mean i talked about it a couple episodes you know in the past like in the summertime and stuff like that I talk about a chat GPT, but I never fully gave the full dive in. I played with it, but I never got the full dive. I respected it, but I was just like, eh, what am I going to really need it for? I like to do it my way. I like to get my hands dirty and grimy, which I still do. And I like to do and what graphic designers do do. But AI is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So again, if you embrace it, 
you work with that to work with you, which AI is. AI is an assistant tool. Help speeds up things. Your creativity and your ability combine that with the AI. It's great. Now I'm not going to go into how many different types of AIs out there. This is not this. I, if you like, I will do that eventually. Because there's quite a few bit of, of different AIs. But the Bing AI for imagery and, and information, just like ChatGPT for imagery, you got, you, you, I mean, most of like Canva, Kittle, Photoshop, Illustrator, all of them implementing AI rampantly. Like like the same thing I could do with Bing and, and Midjourney and all that, you could do with everything else. Informational is where it's different too. And most programs will eventually get set up to be more informational as well. And I'm completely floored by this. In a great way, like hype way. You know, like when you're in school and you finally get it, right? You finally get the situation, the problem, and you're solving it. And you get that perfect grade. And you're you're proud of it, right? That's, that's it. You can call it a honeymoon phase if you like. <laughs> but that's the, the, the phase I'm in right now. I am now teaching AI. And I'm still learning. Because I get it. I understand AI. Understand it to the T. Now to complete it all is there's so much more out there to learn. Different prompts. It's, it is creative writing. But not creative writing. You definitely have a creative imagination to do these prompts. That's why prompt engineering is uh is is offered in colleges for a degree or certification so study that study prompt engineering on top of anything else you guys do i don't care what field you're in study it because ai is soon going to I'm not saying absolute these other careers. They're not. If you know how to make AI work with you and for you, you're not going anywhere. So prompt engineering is important to know and learn. So uh, <laughs> speaking of, you know, continue on with this AI. I did a AI, uh, uh, not a AI. I did a, a a rap song, or I think it was a, a lyrics. I posted on my uh, YouTube, my YouTube community page. I posted two things, well, three things actually. Uh, one was that song about the Raiders. The other one was what it means to be a head coach, the job titles, etc. Underneath it was the question: Has Josh McDaniels done his job? And then followed by a poll. And then the last one's about the art of trolling. All of that was prompted by me into AI. I didn't write that. 
it would take me too long to configure and, and add everything together, the resources of the web and, and then place it together. It, it would take too long. And that's why AI is important for informational wise as well is because it scans the whole web and everything that it was taught. And then it spits out what you want it. creativity. If you added it. So think about it as, well, your assistant, right? You, you tell your assistant that you want this done, this done, this done, this done, how to get this done, blah, blah, blah. And you prompt it with the advancements of prompts and et cetera. And it, and it comes back with what you asked for it and plus more. And that's, <laughs> so I've been using AI and, <laughs> And a couple of posts have been just strictly with AI. I even used it in a couple of projects. The last, I want to say two, maybe. I posted on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. That Assassin's Creed that called the, the Creed and the Raider. Uh, I'm a Raider fan uh, um, uh, project. The last two that I post. Both of those objects, the 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 person of you, the the main guy or character, that was created by AI, prompted by me. You you still have to come up with the creativity of the prompts to do this, which is not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. And then I added it, grabbed it, deleted the the whatever I didn't want from it anymore. And then put it to a different background if I wanted it. Um, or, and that's what I did. And then added the, the, the typography. And then color and etc. I've been working, doing the last few projects, AI assisted. It's not going anywhere, guys. I know I was the type of guy that used to think of it as, you know, cheating. I, and I did. And, but that was stubborn. I was stubborn. I didn't hate AI. I'm not afraid of AI. I'm not one of these jabronis out there that writing a letter to the government, you know, like uh, the dummy um, Musk. I need, we need, we need AI to slow down. Please, government, save us. The reasonings. Attack of the Clones, <laughs> iRobot, <laughs> it's, it's, it's laughable. Now, granted, there are different types of AI, right? You got your narrow AI, which is informational, which is used with prompts, and you got to unlock the prompts. It was already programmed, so blah, 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 but it has machine learning in it. And then there's the other one of um, uh, um, shit, um, narrow and ah, it's slipping my mind. Um, it starts with E. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember it right now. And uh, and I'll tell you that in another episode, maybe next episode. I'll go over the difference of of, of types of AIs. But maybe you know, there's one that are human like. But every developer, because it's 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 humans that create AI. It's not AI create humans. 
So whatever humans create, they can destroy easily. It's all about cheat code. It's all, it's all that code to kill it. But anyways, yeah, that's just, you know. So remember, learn prompt engineering. Learn it. You'll thank me later. So moving on. Black Saturday recap. The Chicago Bears was on the menu. That means their team, their franchise, their fans. And of course, and on every Black Saturday, it's, uh, you know, the, the most populated is going to be Raider fans. You'll get your few couple here and there, 49er fans that, you know, one of them likes to come in and troll over the saying the same shit over and over. You have a queef fan that comes in and says the fucking shit over and over again. But this time, we had a bear enter the pits of Black Saturday. But he's a regular. He's from the TTC era and crew. So he understands about talking that shit and backing that shit up. And not, you know, pussying out to confrontation. He's a little suspect a little bit. You know, he likes to talk gay shit. I think he does like the guys, which is fine. It's, it's whatever. But he talks shit about it all the time. So I think in, you know... Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. He's a goddamn fucking duck. Anyway, he's a good guy. He's a cool dude. He's a Chicago Bears fan. Um, and he showed out and and he battled back. Of course, he had the last laugh. He definitely had the last laugh. <sighs> But that's the normalcy of uh, Black Saturday. It's great battles. Entertaining. Typical Black Saturday. So let's talk about some sports. Let's move on to sports. Before I get started with uh, the Raiders. It's starting the college side, football. 6-2, 3-1 at home, 2-1 away. Notre Dame Fighting Irish returns to play after their bye. Tomorrow, the 14th ranked Irish, who are 2-2 two and two against ranked teams so far this year. Hosts, the 2-1-5, 0-3 away. Pittsburgh Panthers, a.k.a. Pitt Panthers. Kickoff is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern start time. Thank God. Finally not a 7.30, 8.30 fucking primetime game on Saturday night. It's about to, It's been like four weeks of that. So finally we get a break. I get a break. Get the game over with. Enjoy fucking Black Saturday. <laughs> History between these two. Irish lead this series 49 wins. 21 losses and one tie. 
Last time these two universities played was in 2020. Irish won that game 45-3 in Pittsburgh. Last time these two played in Indiana, or Irish as the home team, was in 2018. Irish won that game 19-14. Irish is on a three-game win streak against the Panthers. Prediction. I got the Irish to come out of the gates in the second half after their buy-in and beat up Pitt. Hopefully they don't play down to the competition. Hopefully they have the good rest, but they have good preparation. So, yeah, this college season's winding down. Chicago Blackhawks. Last episode, the Blackhawks had a record of two and three. Two games have since been played. October 21st, home opener. A loss of score five to three to the defending champions, the Golden Knights of Las Vegas. And October 24th, a 3-0 shutout loss to the Bruins in Chicago. So record is now two and five with four points. Three-game losing streak. There will be two games played before my next episode. Tonight, the Blackhawks travel to Vegas. Hopefully, it's a revenge win for the Blackhawks. And then on October 30th, Chicago travels to Arizona to face the Coyotes. Or Coyotes. (laughs) After seven games, I want to talk about the rookie, the number one draft pick overall, Connor Bedard. He has two goals, two assists, four points, two penalty minutes. Um, He plays 20 minutes on ice per game. One power play goal, 22 shots at goal, 9.1 shooting percentage. 32 face-off wins, 53 face-off losses, which is a 37.6 face-off win percentage. Listen, Blackhawks are in a rebuild. I mean, I didn't expect them to come out and, and just beat every team. And, you know, it, it's they have definitely are in a, a rebuild mode. Reason why they got the number one draft pick. And he's 18 years old, so he has to mature. He's definitely going to mature, um, and he's going to get into that NHL body shape. I, I do like what I see. I enjoy when he takes the check. I love his poise that he wants the puck, and he's got a good, quick stick. Um, so, yeah, I, I do see him. I mean, a lot of people are calling him a, a, a something special. I'm talking about legends, um, Wayne Gretzky, Marlon Lemieux. You got so many out there who are calling him a great, great pickup and 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 a special talent and would not be surprised not only if he's that he's going to be the face of the Blackhawks in the future, that he's most likely going to be the best player in the game. So we shall see. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it was, <laughs> Some shoes to fill there. (laughs) Chicago Bulls. 
NBA season has started. Doubles played their first game on the 25th, which was Wednesday. It was a home opener. I predicted the Bulls to win, and they lost. They got crushed by the Oklahoma City Thunder, 104-124. DeRozan led with 20 points. Vucevic led with nine rebounds. Five players scored in double digits. Bulls shot 41.5%, 28.6% of three-pointers, 77.8% free throws, um, 42 total rebounds. Thunder had 43. Bulls were better in the turnover battle with 13 to Thunder 16. And points in the paint, Bulls had 44, Thunder with 40. Bulls will play four games before my next episode. October 27th, which is, well, tonight, versus Toronto. 28th, which is tomorrow, versus Detroit. Toronto is a home game. And then there's, you know, road games at Detroit. And then the 30th at Indiana. And November 1st at Dallas. Continue on. MLB. The playoffs. We now know who will be in the 2023 World Series. After both conference championships went seven games. The AL champions, Texas Rangers, zero World Series titles, seeks to get their first. They'll face the National League champions, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are going for their second title. Um, yeah, I don't really want to talk about their first title. But just in case somebody doesn't know, um, they last the, their first one was in 2001, and that was against my Yankees. They won that series 4-3. to three. So game here, this is how the games are going to be breaking out. It's a seven-game set. Um Game one is tonight in Texas. Game two is tomorrow in Texas. Game three is October 30th, which is a Monday, and that's in Arizona. And then game four is October 31st, also in Arizona. If necessary, game five, November 1st, is in in Arizona. And then game six is November 3rd in Texas. And then game seven, which is the deciding game regardless, if it goes seven, I mean, if it goes seven, seventh game is it. Um, November 4th in Texas. Um, I got predictions. Here, I'm going to give a prediction of the World Series. I got Rangers in seven. Um, sorry to Diamondback fans. It's no ill will. I, I Hopefully it's a great World Series. Um, but I, I would be okay to see in Rangers winning their first, um, even though it's in American League. Uh, but um, yeah, I still have hatred towards the Diamondbacks, actually. I, I, I'm still not over that 2001. I'm not. I'm not over it, even though all the players are gone. But <laughs> it's just Arizona. <laughs> no hatred, just, you know, I don't want you to win. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to take a break. 
bathroom, get something to drink. And when I come back, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the Raiders. Will I rant? Possibility. We'll see. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? I'm not going to do the whole DX skit. <laughs> so, uh, Raiders. The three and three, one and two away. Las Vegas Raiders coming on a two game or coming off a two game win streak. Versus the one and five, zero and three at home, Chicago Bears. Raiders coming in with the twenty fourth rank offense, but eleventh rank defense, and the Bears, eighteenth offense, twenty fifth defense. Series tied at eight and eight, with Bears winning the last matchup in 2021, 20 to nine. Raiders decide to start veteran. Journeyman, quarterback Brian Hoyer, and the Bears counter that with rookie, a Division two or three from college, um, Tyson Baggert, or Baggant. My prediction for this one was Raiders to win. Not only do they not win, we got our asses kicked. Embarrassing. The halftime Bears led 14 to 3. And then in the second half, Bears ended or Bears added 7 in the third quarter, 9 points in the fourth quarter to equals Raiders only points in the second half to make the final score 30 to fucking 12 and Bears favored. Raiders dropped to three and four, one and three away. And here are the individual stats. Passing, Brian Hoyer, 17 for 32, 129 passing yards, 4.0 average, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Sacked one time for a loss of eight yards, 46.8 QBR, 37.1 rating. And then we decided, oh, yeah, hey, let's just use Aiden O'Connell in this one. Instead of starting him, we just throw him in when it's game's out of reach. Here you go, Rook. Went 10 for 13. 75 yards, 5.8 average. He did throw a touchdown. He also threw an interception. Um, didn't get sacked. He had a 42.2 QBR, 83.8 rating. Rushing, Josh Jacobs, 11 carries. 11 carries for the powerhouse, right? Your workhorse, or supposedly workhorse. People are blaming him for everything. When Meanwhile, you need an offensive line to fucking block. But, you know, some clowns. It's JJ's fault. 
we need to open the run game. But yet, they don't blame the offensive line because, you know, they, they think that the guy, you know, that the, the, the running back does not need an offensive line. Oh, my God. How did we, how did he go from last year to this year? He is not good anymore. I think it's because he's high priced. He shouldn't have waited out. He doesn't deserve this money. Gaga, Google, Gaga, Google, fuck off. Know the game. You need an offensive line. It all starts in the trenches, bitches. Anyways, Jacobs, 11 carries. Still not enough time to fucking do anything. He averaged about, what, 11 to 13, 14 carries a game for the guy who's supposed to be the workhouse. For workhouse, horse. Good job there, McDum-Dum. 35 yards. <laughs> 3.2 average. Zero touchdowns. No rushing touchdown by the Raiders. Longest run was 11 yards. Receiving, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. Myers had seven receptions, both of them. Myers had 13 targets. Adams with 12 targets. Adams led with the 57 receiving yards. Austin Hooper, hey, there's the other tight end. How you doing? Led with a 9.0 average. Mayers also had the only receiving touchdown. Three-way tie for 15-yard um, reception yards. Or longest reception reception yards. Adams, Mayers, or Myers. <laughs> and running back Zamir White. Hey, how you doing, Zamir White? It's good to see you playing. Kicking. Daniel Carlson. Missed another field goal. He had a growing growing injury, I guess. I don't blame him for anything because he's usually money and when he's not money, it's, you know, he bounces back. Anyways, Dar Dar Daniel Carlson, two for three on field goals. Longest field goal was 40 yards. Zero extra points. Six points total. Punting, A.J. Cole, two punts, 82 yards, 41.0 average. Zero touchbacks, but he did have two inside the 20. Longest punt was 43 yards. Let's go to defense. Robert Spillane. Led with eight total tackles. Tied with Trayvon Morrig with five solo tackles. Raiders had two sacks. One by Max Crosby and one by the rookie Tyree Wilson, which is his first NFL sack. Raiders had three tackles for a loss. One by Crosby, one by Belil Nichols, and one by Malcolm Coons. Raiders also had three passes defended. One by Marcus Peters, garbage. One by Luke Masterson, and one by Adam Butler. Tyree Wilson had one quarterback hit. Let's go to team stats. Because we play like a team. Women like a team, lose like a team. You know, it's a team sport. That's what it is. You, you don't blame one fucking individual, you retard. You blame the team. See, last year was, it's Carr's fault. It's only Carr's fault. Just Carr's fault. 
the correct word wording for this is it was Carr's fault, but it was also you're welcome. Team stats. This will be based on first downs, first downs by passing, rushing, penalties, third down efficiency, fourth down efficiency, total plays, total yards, total drives, yard per pass, passing, which will include the completions and the attempts, yards per pass, interceptions thrown, sacks, sacks yards lost from the sack, rushing, carries, um, yards per rush, Red zone, penalties, turnovers. Oh, and another one that I don't usually talk about because there usually isn't one in there um, is the, the defensive and special teams touchdown. What happened there? And, of course, last but not least, the time of possession. So let's get going. Since the Raiders were the visiting team, let's go with the Raiders. First downs, Raiders had 20. 16 by passing, one by rushing, and three by penalties. Third down efficiency, two for nine. Fourth down efficiency, two for two. Total plays, 60. Total yards, 236. Total drives, nine. Yards per play, 3.9. Pretty good for a, you know, a hundred plus million offense with an offensive guru in mind. You know, we're also like, what, 27th ranked offense? Yeah, guru. More like doo-doo. 196 passing yards, 2745, 4.3 yards per pass, three interceptions. One sacked for a loss of eight yards. 39 rushing yards. 14 carries, 2.8 yards per rush. 14 fucking carries. Granted, we were behind, so you're not going to really rush too much. But Red zone, one for two. That's 50%. That's, yeah. Penalties, two penalties for a loss of 15 yards. But it's the referee's fault. You'll hear something and eventually watch this. Turnovers, three interceptions. And here's that uh that stat that I usually don't talk about because, well, it, it just doesn't need to be talked about. But this time it does. Defensive and special teams touchdown. So this is where you get a punt return touchdown or 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 kick return touchdown, as well as defensive touchdowns, right? So this is where uh Pick six will come into play because um we didn't get any, but I'll, I'll give you a hint. The other team did. And time of possession for the Raiders, 25 minutes and 54 seconds. Yeah, bitch, for a 37th rank offense. Well done. Or 27th rank, whatever. Couldn't remember if I said 37, 27. And now to the to the Bears, little cubbies that played like vicious Bears. But, you know, we, we tend to make bad teams look fucking great. And it's just not this year. It's not just under McDumplings. It's, it's been since 2003. And it's an organizational problem. 
I'll get on more with this, but let's first do the stats, right? First down, same thing in order like I did with us. 23 first downs, 10 by passing, 13 by rushing, but zero by penalties. Eight for 13 on third down efficiency, zero for one on fourth down efficiency, 69 total plays, 323 total yards, nine total drives, and a par tree, chin a pear tree, 4.7 yards per play. 150 passing yards, 21 to 29, or 21 for 29, 4.8 average, zero interceptions thrown, sacked two times for a loss of 12 yards. 173 passing yards, or rushing yards, my bad, 38 carries, 4.6 yards per rush. Three for three in red zone. Garbage. Oh. And look at this. Ready? Bears were penalized nine times for a loss of 110 yards. But it's the FOE's fault why we suck. Hmm. Even when penalties were being called for us, we still can't get the job done. I'll tell you the reason why eventually. Zero turnovers. Kind of great defense, boys. They can't even get the fucking turnovers. Kudos to the Bears for not causing them. Or, or, or giving them up, by the way. And here that is. That one... Defensive special team. I already said it, right? One touchdown, pick six. Time of possessions. 34 minutes and six seconds. We suck. <sighs> Defensive stats in this game. Or in this game. We had eight blitzes. Zero hurries, though. One quarterback hit, which is also a knockdown. Two sacks. Five pressures. And eight missed fucking tackles. After seven games, totals, 48 blitzes, 15 hurries, nine quarterback hits slash knockdowns. 15 sacks, 40 pressures, and 43 missed tackles. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that Hoyer start over the rookie instead. Now, I'm not overly pissed off about that. I, I get why. McDumdum decided to go with a veteran over the rookie. I, I get it. I totally get the reasoning. Even though I still would have gone with the rookie over the veteran, um, I just because of, hey, listen, they were showing their rookie. So I have no problem if we would have started 
the rookie over. But I, I'm not going to bash him for that start. I'm, I'm not going to bash McDumplings because of he decided to go with Hoyer. Hoyer knows the system. He does. He's just not a good talent. Defensively, granted, what's weird is um, we are now the 10th ring defense. We moved up. <laughs> From that from that terrible game, <laughs> we moved up from eleven to ten. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's it's defensively, it, it eye test wise, we took steps back. Um, I still don't understand why when it's third and something, third and short, you know, we are corners are playing back giving them that fucking cushion to go ahead and make that if they wanted to you know i mean it's it's i i still don't get it coaching sucks i i mcdumplings is not a head coach good offensive coordinator but he needs somebody to keep him in line and and it has to be a coach. It can't be a, a GM or an owner. It has to be a head coach. He is an offensive coordinator. It's a reason why he all of his every time he's a head coach, it fails. He's a failure at a head coach. It's you know, some people just fail and, and they're good at one thing but fucking suck at the others and, and make dumb dumb, make uh make 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 you know, whatever you want to add that to it. He's just not a good head coach. He's a good offensive coordinator, but not a good head coach. And the defensive coordinator, regardless if we're 11th rank, 10th rank defense, it is what it is, right? I can't, you know, <laughs> tight ends need to be used more. Not just tight ends, but the slots need to be looked. Um, play balance as far as you're receiving. Always look because there's some by the film, guys. Listen, the film matters. Um, not highlights, films. Every play, there's always one to two players open. Majority of the time. Not always, majority of the time. Which tells me that by design, the quarterback is automatically looking to a couple or, well, two, sometimes three. Usually it's your two main receivers or the running back. That's our targets. The rest are, they're not getting their touches. They're not getting their looks. As they should. Especially for an organization, well, for for a system that is heavily slotted, which means your tight ends and slot receivers should be fucking eating, and rollouts from your quarterback to hit your fucking running backs, um, it's not being utilized. So you need to spread the ball around, not one dimensional as well. Of course. Reason why we're one dimensional is because defenses do not respect the passing game. They they just don't. That's why there's 
heavy on the box. What is it? What is it now? The stat now is like 60% clogging the box. But it's offense, just offense. No, it's it's the the defenses are saying, we know your strength. We know your strength. We know the strength is what you're running. So we're going to take that totally out because we don't respect your pass. And if you really want to beat us, prove to me that you can throw. Jimmy G can't. I mean, he. And it's, when I say mean that, I mean throw it deeper, right? You know what I mean? Because Jimmy G still has a good completion percentage. 65 to 68%. It's still, that's respectable. He, he can hit you in the dink and dunks. But when it comes to ding dong, we got you, bitch. He's not going to, nobody f- fears him. Um, Hoyer has a better arm deep pass than 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 Jimmy G. But not the talent. Jimmy G has talent. The rookie. The rookie is the rookie, right? He's he's got the deep arm, but he just doesn't have game experience in the NFL level. But you know, it is what it is, I guess. Hmm. Same shit. Since 2003. Problem, ultimately, is the decision makers. I've always blamed McDump Dump. I've always blamed coaches. I've always blamed players as well. Because it is a team. But the one person who I fully think is fully responsible for all of this is the front office in general, the ownership, etc. L. Davis during his time before he passed away was a senile bitch. And I mean bitch and not in I shouldn't have said that. He was just a senile cat. Stubborn senile his son is a failed experiment of a test tube gone wrong and that's marky mark but but look at it we are we're in vegas look at that beautiful stadium look at that it's so beautiful the Raiders are worth a lot more now. Absolutely. I, I give Marky Mark that salute. Raiders are now worth more as an organization again. We're worth more. We're, we're not in that poverty-stricken franchise. We're in the top 10 of a of, of valuable franchise now because of that move to Vegas. So business-wise, salute. Job well done. Applaud. But when it comes to that turning into the field, smart moves mean smart hires as quarterback, GM, etc. Marky Mark is a failed experiment. As much as I have respect for our GMs, each one had to clean up the previous messes. But what's good is our drafting if we're not utilizing the weapons. 
or weapon in generals. What's the use of coaching if they don't know how to fucking utilize their fucking talent? How are we, with all that talent, especially offensively, with an offensive, air quotes, guru, and with a 100-plus mil offense, how are we the 27th rank offense? So you could spend your fucking money on fucking anything you want. But if it's not worth it, you cut the fucking shit. And it starts with the decision maker, a.k.a. the fuck nuggets that bring these fucks in. Decision makers. The problem of the Raiders has been the decisions of fucked up contracts. Fucked up personnels, fucked up systems that fucking can't win, that fucking can't get it done. Two winning seasons since our last Super Bowl appearance? Garbage. Garbage. We got idiots out here. It's not the coaching. Josh Jacobs is a hell of a play caller. What game are you fucking watching? When you have people who are experts in this game, in professional game, questioning Josh Jacobs as a head coach, but yet you, the dust cropper, I know it all. I know everything. While you're chewing on your potato. Get the fuck out of here. Fraud. Anyways, I'm not going to rant too much. It is what it is. We are sucky. We've been since 2003. It is what it is because the decision makers are fucking dumb. Alright. Next game. The 30th. Monday Night Football. Against the five and two, two and one at home, the Detroit Lions. We both are coming in with the loss. Raiders have the 27th ranked offense and the 10th ranked defense. I'm shocked still. Lions have the fourth ranked offense and 11th ranked defense. Raiders lead this all-time series, 7-6. to six. Last time these franchises played was in 2019. Raiders won 31-24 in Oakland. In Detroit, Lions lead this series 4-2. to two. Last win versus, uh, for the Raiders um, in Detroit was in 2000, or 1990. Most of you probably don't remember that game. Yeah. Predictions. I got lines to win. That loss to Chicago completely just said, I don't trust these fucks. I'm not sorry. 
Not sorry at all. As fans, we have to hold them to be accountable. And when you got a dum-dum that gets on the fucking stand and, I don't know, you know, you know, you know, you know, he doesn't know. It's on episode 105. Black Saturday review. Reminder, Black Saturday will be on tomorrow. Over on Raider Ben's second channel. I will definitely post the link on my community tabs on YouTube. The menu, the Lions, and their fans, and, well, whoever else. (laughs) It's Black Saturday, whatever, right? (laughs) Whatever comes to mind. Also, review of the Raiders versus Lions. Predicted, like I said, the Lions to win. Plus, the preview of who we face next. The review of the Pitt Panthers versus Irish game. Predict the Irish to win. Preview as well as who they face next. I also go over updates on the Blackhawks and the Bulls, as well as the in depth of Georgetown Hoya's upcoming season, prediction, etc. First game is November 9th, uh, November 7th, so it's coming up quick. College basketball is almost here. And whatever else I want to talk about. So until then, and as always, you know what it is. Salute Nation.